0: As always, I am your host Andrew Waite, and today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is the unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I am loving it, and I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at, and also on YouTube as well by searching Lockdown. Hawkeyes. And on today's show, as we do every single Wednesday, we are breaking down what Kirk Ferentz had to say in his press conference today as it leads up to this Northwestern game. We also got our first college football playoff ranking last night. So we're going to be breaking that down as well. As we expected, the college ball playoff rankings are garbage. Gary Barda is a sham in that regard. Uh, I don't know how you could possibly say anything else when Cincinnati is ranked so low and when teams in the SEC are consistently getting bumped up For no reason other than that they are in the SEC, and it is technically valued more by the people voting on this. It's absolutely ridiculous. So we're going to cover all that. Also, Kirk Ferentz had an interesting thing to say that was definitely taken out of context. Initially pissed me off. I went back, watched the press conference, and read the transcript, and it was not what he said. Um, Definitely taken out of context in regards to him basically calling the fans out and calling them predictable. He didn't do it. We're going to talk about all that on the show today. Let's talk, though, about the college ball playoff rankings first because that is the big news. Iowa dropped quite a few spots in the AP poll and in the coaches' poll. And as we talked about yesterday, we expected them to drop. And these AP polls, these coaches' polls, they give you kind of an understanding, an idea of where teams are going to fall within that college football playoff ranking. I thought Iowa would probably be 17th or 18th uh, considering they came in at 19th in the AP poll and 16th in the, the coaches' poll. They check in at 22nd. (sighs) Let's just take a deep sigh there because this is absolutely freaking ridiculous. So Iowa loses to Wisconsin, which is ranked 21st in the college ball playoff rankings. They lose to Purdue, which is not ranked in the rankings. And they drop to 22nd. Let me list a few teams off here that I think are absolutely ridiculous and are up and above. We have Minnesota checking in at 20th. Mississippi State at 17th, and Auburn at 13th. There's a couple other teams I could definitely call out, but let's look at Minnesota first. They lost to Bowling Green. They did beat Purdue, but they lost to Bowling freaking Green. They have beaten no good teams this year. Mississippi State, they lost to 4-4 LSU. They lost to four and four Memphis. Memphis, excuse me. And they got slaughtered 49 to 7 by Alabama, and they are 17th ahead of Iowa. Meanwhile, Auburn is 13th. They beat three very bad teams, lost to Penn State, which is an opponent that Iowa did beat, and got their butts kicked by Georgia. Yes, they beat Mississippi. But what exactly have they done to be up there as well? Look at Cincinnati. If I'm Cincinnati, I am pissed off. They got screwed as well. Cincinnati's checking in at 6th behind Ohio State, behind an Oregon team that hasn't honestly looked that good, behind an Alabama team that has one loss as well. It's rigged. At this point, I, I I don't understand what else you could possibly say about this. It, the college ball playoff rankings are not fair. You look at Ole Miss, right? Who have they beaten? They beat Louisville. They beat Austin Pay P Pay. I don't even know. They beat Tulane. They get stomped by Alabama. They beat Arkansas. They beat Tennessee. They beat LSU, and then they lose to Auburn. And Ole Miss deserves to be up there as well. They really deserve to be sixteenth over Iowa. This is ridiculous. I mean, at the end of the day, if Iowa wins out, it doesn't matter. If Iowa beats Minnesota, if they somehow make to the college ball, if they make it to the Big Ten Championship game, if Wisconsin loses to Minnesota and Iowa wins out, if Iowa goes 10-2, and two, they're going to jump up in these rankings. They're going to be in that 10th, 11th, 9th, 8th spot, somewhere in that area. Because these other teams, they have not played each other a lot yet. So there's going to be some cannibalization of the guys at the top. But this is absolutely ridiculous. The college ball playoff rankings have been a joke since they started. They will continue to be a joke. And I understand the idea of expanding the college ball playoffs, but that's only putting a Band-Aid on the actual problem. It's not a long-term solution when you have people in there who don't watch some of these games, are biased towards some of these teams, and don't understand which teams are actually talented. Now, I'm not saying Iowa deserves to be 10th, but 22nd? Is a bit ridiculous behind a five and three Mississippi State team, a six and two Mississippi team, a six and two or seven and two BYU team, a six and two Auburn team they have a common opponent against. I mean, this is just ridiculous. The College Ball playoff rankings are atrocious, in my opinion. What else can you say about it? Let me know what your thoughts are on the College Ball playoff rankings, though, in the comments of this YouTube video or in a, a review if you would like. Would love to hear what your thoughts are. Coming up, though, we're going to get more detail talking about Kirk Ferentz, what he had to say and what he didn't say that was taken out of context, which was a little bit ridiculous. Again, people getting a little bit overzealous on some of the stuff you got. You can't trust all those burner accounts out there because they will absolutely get you. But coming up, we're going to talk about all that. I do want to tell you about Prize Picks, though, because Picks is made for all of you college football fanatics out there. Picks is the leader in college sports, daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players as in the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They offer any prop that you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All you have to do is pick two to five players, be over-under on their projections, and combine as many sports as you want And you can 10X your entry by just doing that. It's you versus the projected numbers. You can make these picks all within 60 seconds from their award-winning app or at prizepicks.com. It is that easy. And right now, all of our listeners can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. And this episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food item. It is a place where friends and family can come and reconnect and enjoy some delicious treats. Back in college, I loved going there as a study group. Would love to get some French fries and a McFlurry. Back in high school, I would love to go there as well after any sporting event. That's where everyone was at. It was the place to be in my small town. Now, when my wife's pregnant, we go to McDonald's, honestly, three to four times a week because she is loving McDonald's. Our soon-to-be baby boy is really craving McDonald's, and I'm personally always a fan. And when I was training for my Ironman, the best place I'd go after a long bike ride was to McDonald's to get some chicken nuggets and some large french fries. It was my go-to. It should be your go-to as well. Make it a place to go and see some friends, see some family at your local McDonald's. So head over to your local McDonald's, refuel, and reconnect. And did someone say Locked On Hawkeyes Watch Party? I think they might have. Personally, you got to go check out McDonald's. I'm a big fan. I know you all know what it is. Go check out Reconnect with your friends. Hit up your local McDonald's right now. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am loving it. And thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Again, you can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. You can also find us on YouTube as well. We're there Monday through Friday. So keep it going, keep listening, keep it up. We love and appreciate all the support. As we were talking about before, we took a break. We are talking about the college football playoffs, but now I want to take another turn and talk about Kirk Ferentz's press conference. There's a lot of interesting things he said there. And let's kick it off with the big, the big thing that kind of got people a little bit going. They were asked; he was asked about modernizing the game and modernizing Iowa's attack, and he said blitz more on defense if you're not stopping people or blitz yeah that's so predictable the trick is getting everything to mesh at once to get that o2 offense and o4 defense to be on the same team you get that boy i will tell you you're in business that's what makes it challenging i think for most programs it's a challenge because you just never know where those strengths are going to be to lie on a football team and then you just try to yield toward them but yeah i'm not even sure i know what modernized means anymore Quite frankly, to me, the end game, the end result we're all shooting for, it's not about winning or losing, but really it's kind of because that's how people feel good or they feel bad. And my wife has said that for probably about 40 years now. It's as simple as that. I feel like we've been, for the most part, able to find a solution somehow, some way, fairly consistently. Nothing is perfect, certainly, but fairly consistently. That's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to find the next solution. A random account on Twitter came out and said, Iowa is predict or Iowa's fans are predictable that they would be pissed off about this offense and defense and that every fan wants to have a combination of the O2 offense and 04 defense. That got Twitter absolutely rolling. I was even pissed off till I read the quotes. Here's what I'm saying here. He didn't say that. Kirk was not throwing our fan base under the bus. Now that being said, to me I think it is pretty obvious what modernizing football means. And one other quote he had I thought really kind of did upset me. When you think about modernizing football, it's misdirection plays. It's guys in motion. It's spreading the ball out. There's a reason nearly the entire Big Ten has moved to a spread attack and only a few teams keep that power offense. Now, there's a place and a time for that power offense, and I think Iowa will always have that power offense when working under Kirk Ferentz. But there are some opportunities where Iowa can get a bit more creative In their offensive attack there's no reason why wisconsin football players should know exactly what play we're running or where we're running the ball to it makes it too easy for them if they know we're running the football and they know where we're running the football at that is not good for the iowa offense that is not putting the iowa offense in a position to be successful now look what happens when we did a reverse to keegan johnson in the game against wisconsin we get 12 yards almost a touchdown we have not incorporated end rounds nearly as much as we have in past years we haven't seen the wildcat our offense has honestly gotten more slimmed down than what we've seen in the past three to four years now a lot of people want to hate on brian Ferentz. i would agree i don't think he's done the best job here it is tough with an offensive line that cannot block consistently but we are not seeing nearly as much creativity as we have seen in previous years out of Brian Ferentz in this offense. It seems like it's almost been scaled back a bit. So when you talk about not modernizing the game and not understanding how to modernize football, look around, Kirk. It's all around you. It's being unique. It's being creative. It's being different. It's trying things out to make your offense not be one of the bottom 20 offenses in the entire freaking country now in discussing wisconsin knowing the place he said we are fairly predictable and there are certain formations all that type of thing but i'm not too concerned about that really quite frankly they played a heck of a defensive game and they have been they've been playing pretty consistently all year outside of that michigan game okay i'm concerned that when i watch an iowa football game 85 percent of the time i can tell you which way they're running the ball and if they're running the football now there are times where when teams bite on that, it opens up a play action. But when you have a quarterback who can't do the play action very well, can't get outside of the pocket, and you have tackles who can't just hold the edge, it really makes your team one-dimensional. We haven't seen nearly as much play action because it hasn't worked because we don't have time, which left Iowa basically running the ball in the directions the defense knows they're going. There were several times I saw that in the game against Wisconsin. I talked to LaShawn Daniels about it. He said he agrees. He saw it as well. It's not okay that teams know exactly where we're going with the football on any given play. If Wisconsin knows this, you better believe other teams know this as well. You better believe Minnesota has that idea. You better believe Pat Fitzgerald has a better understanding of that. Now, thankfully, Pat Fitzgerald's team is atrocious at stopping the run. But this is going to continue to be a problem if we are not disguising what we are doing. Heck, just running the ball out of the shotgun maybe a little bit. We have had some success with that as well. It's concerning to me that it is getting shrugged off as something we shouldn't even approach or touch at all. He also got a question about how do you change things going forward? He said, you try to forge ahead. I guess if there's any good thing here, we have plenty of experience. You can go back historically and look at a lot of our seasons. Can't think of many that didn't have a bump or adversity along the way. Really, all you got to do is look at the last three years. We lost three in a row three years ago. We lost two in a row the last two years. And things turned out pretty well. I think everybody was fairly happy at the end of the season. At least internally, we all felt pretty good about our team and the way we did things. Agreed. I did enjoy the way we ended last season. But there's still a bittersweet feeling in that knowing that Iowa will come out hot, maybe we go 8-0. and Maybe we're in the college ball playoffs. Maybe if we don't throw the ball 50 times against Purdue, we're in the college ball playoffs last year. Maybe if Iowa's offensive line doesn't just completely succumb to pressure against Michigan and Penn State, we're in the college ball playoffs. Yes, I, I, I love – I love going 10 and three. I do love the Holiday Bowl. And I love being a part of a consistently or being a part of a fan base that is consistently rooting for a team that is very good. It is important to realize that we are a team that has been very consistent and pretty good for the last 20 something years. Nebraska got tired of winning eight and nine games. And look where they've been for the last four or five years. No, I'm not saying we shouldn't want to achieve 12 and 0 for the sake of potentially becoming a Nebraska. But it is frustrating that we do suffer these stretches throughout a season, and it takes us out of contention for some of the loftier goals we would love to achieve as a fan base rooting on an Iowa football program. It can be frustrating. We have the right to be frustrated by this. Now, I'm going to love and I'm going to support this Iowa football team to the day I die, and if they go win out and they go... 10-2, 10-2, and two, and maybe they don't make the Big Ten Championship game, maybe Wisconsin still wins out, but Iowa goes to a New Year's Six Bowl and they win that, you bet you I'm going to be happy. I'll be incredibly happy. But at the end of this season, I'm going to look back and say, man, Purdue, really? What if we would have beat Purdue? We could have got to the Big Ten Championship game. So there's always that what-ifs on there, and you're always going to have that unless you go undefeated, and it's very difficult to go undefeated. But I think – it's slightly discrediting what we want to achieve. What everyone wants to achieve. Nevertheless, I would agree with him to one degree. Three losses, two losses, two losses last year. Iowa has the ability to pick things up, and there's no better game to pick things up against than Northwestern, a team that has really struggled this year. They played three different quarterbacks. They cannot stop the run. They're basically one-dimensional on offense. And they Don't have a lot to play for at this point. This is a great opportunity for Iowa to get back on track against the Northwestern team. And we're going to be breaking down the Iowa-Northwestern game on tomorrow's show and also on Friday's show as well. Coming up, we're going to continue to talk a little bit more about what Kirk Farron said. He had some more things to say about the offensive line. He also talked about Tyrone Tracy, if you remember. Yesterday we talked a little bit about what Tyrone's family had to say. He also spoke on some injuries, some big-time news there. We are still missing two of our four top cornerbacks. We're going to be talking about all that coming up here in a few moments. I do want to tell you though about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And if you are, have not tried a Built Bar yet, you are absolutely missing out. It is truly phenomenally delicious. I know a few of you have reached out to me my DMs. I will be getting those Built Bars out to you, I promise. Um and if you want a box of Built Bars, let me know. I have a couple extras I can send out. And I would only do that if I trusted and loved this product, and I personally do. These built bars are not chalky. They're not waxy. They're not hard to choke down. They're truly awesome. But the best part about them is they're absolutely good for you as well. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious. So if you haven't tried a built bar yet, or even if you have, you have to go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K E D15. And you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar is coming out with limited time flavors every three to four days, so you do not want to miss out on this. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag because BetOnline.ag is the number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. It is my personal go-to. Every time I'm telling you about what bets I'm making on the Iowa Hawkeyes, I'm making them at BetOnline.ag. I would not tell you about BetOnline.ag unless they were a trusted resource for me to put my money in and put a little money in my pocket after I win on all the gambling I am doing. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And as we were talking about, Before we took a break, we talked a little bit about what Kirk had to say and some interesting comments all around in his press conference. I now want to turn our attention to the offensive line, Tyrone Tracy, and injuries going forward. So on the offensive line, he said, I think we're a little thin at pretty much every spot up front outside of the center position. I don't think we've had a lot of flexibility right now, and I think probably the guys that are at guard will stay there, and the guys that have been playing tackle, three guys there. We'll just keep working with those guys and see how it goes. Down the road, you never know. But right now, the immediate future, probably what you've seen is what we have. We're best served just to keep those guys in their spots. A couple things with that. Not exactly a glowing endorsement of this offensive line. He realizes there are issues there. But I think what we are seeing is truly the best they feel like they can put out on the offensive line. Also, I've heard people talk about why not Cody Entz? Why is he not playing tackle? We talked, we heard a lot about his versatility. We've also heard a lot about Connor Colby and the fact that he actually came in as a tackle, but they swung him inside. Looks like this is it. We're going to see Connor Colby, Kyler Schott, Justin Britt, and Cody Entz at the guards. We have Tyler Linderbaum at the center. And we're going to see Mason Richmond, Jack Plum, and Nick DeYoung at the tackle positions. This is our offensive line. Let's just hope they pick it up a little bit more as we get – Further into the season, the one thing I will say is that this is a very young offensive line. The only guy from this offensive line that will be leaving after this year, guaranteedly, is Tyler Linderbaum, a projected mid-round, mid-first-round draft pick. Kyler Shot could leave, but my guess is, given the fact that it has taken him so long to get in conditioning shape for this game or this year, and t- considering the fact that he's been injured and struggling a little bit at times, my guess is he might return next year's offensive line. Could be one to reckon with, considering how much experience we're going to have at this point with this offensive line. So be on the lookout for that. It is tough to see these growing pains this year, but it is going to be a lot better next year. And it also is worth noting, we lost not one, not two, but three tackles last year. We lost to Jackson. We lost Coy Cronk. And we also lost Mark Kallenberger, which has proven to be quite a significant loss. Mark Kallenberger would have been at that right tackle spot or the left tackle spot with Mason Richmond being on the other side. We wouldn't have to worry about having a Jack Plum or Nick DeYoung out there at this time who aren't ready or at least haven't been playing consistently well throughout the season. It's a struggle. Speaking of struggling, Tyrone Tracy has been struggling to get the ball in his hands. And it was an interesting question. They asked about Tyrone. They also asked about family members. And Kirk just kind of brushed off the family member comment. But he did say this about Tyrone. He said, that's a question we're trying to ask and answer in some ways. He's got film, plays on film that have been documented, and certainly if we can get him more involved, that would be a good thing. But it's easier said than done. We're trying to probe every option out there to try to get this thing moving a little bit more. Okay, well, we are now eight games into the season, and Tyrone Tracy Jr., his season has been nothing short of a complete disappointment. It's been a disaster. He has not been getting the ball consistently. This is a guy who performed very well three years ago. He was one of the top targets on the Iowa football team. When Brandon Smith was injured, Tyrone Tracy came in and was an electric all-star in one game. Tyrone Tracy Jr. has shown he can be a good football player. So what is the deal here, and why is he not getting the football? It'll be interesting to see, as his snaps have decreased in the last couple games. Keegan Johnson has taken some of those snaps. We've seen Charlie and Nico get some of those snaps. It'll be very interesting to see how does Tyrone come out and play in this game against Northwestern, against a secondary that is solid but not quite at the level of Wisconsin or even Purdue or especially Penn State. Now, speaking of the secondary, unfortunately, Riley Moss and Terry Roberts are more than likely out this week. Um, Clearly, what's happening with Riley Moss is he is more injured than we thought. We don't know the whole story of it. Excuse me, I'm also dealing with the cold, so my mouth is getting getting a little bit uh, dry voice here. Whew, had a cough there as well. Clearly we don't know the story about it, but we do need Riley Moss to make a bigger run, to make a better run as we take on Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska, and potentially get into a New Year's Six bowl game. Riley Moss is gonna be instrumental in that regard. Guys, I apologize dealing with the sickness here still. But we do have Jamari Harris coming up. He did say this about Jamari Harris. He said, you always worry about a new guy maybe being a little bit too anxious or too jumpy out there. But I think he handled the situation pretty well. Looks like he'll be playing again this week too. It's going to be another test for him and probably see a few more passes this week. Maybe not, but I would expect we might. Of course, when you have a guy like Jamarian versus a guy like Matt Hankins, you're going to target Jamari each and every time, just like Wisconsin did. They're going to test him and see, is he ready to make plays? Jamari settled down though and had a very good second half, in my opinion. Though Iowa defense had a very good second half. And I have some interesting stats I want to show you or share with you on Friday about Iowa's second half, first their first half, and not getting too upset about how Iowa's defense plays in that first quarter, and including Jamari Harris. He played a lot better after that first quarter, after that first couple of possessions. And finally, he did talk a little bit about Alex Padilla versus Spencer Petris and basically shut down any concerns there. I talked about it. I think there is some some things to be noted about the fact that Alex Padilla had more time to throw, probably because of his mobility. But we're not going to see a change anytime soon, in my opinion, barring an injury. So it's not worth covering too much more. Just wanted to least, it, it's it's I'm doing my due diligence due diligence here by talking about this conversation because it is worth talking about. Iowa's offensive line is struggling. You could put a mobile quarterback in there and see if that can help out a little bit. Kirk even said that is a plan. At some point, that's plan C. He doesn't want to get to plan C. We're still on plan A. Plan A is to improve the offensive line and go from there. But that is something to be in the back of our minds about if this offensive line continues to struggle and if Spencer Petras continues to be unable to get out of the pocket, step up in the pocket, or escape pressure. That does do it for our show today, though. Please make sure to go check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast as well, breaking down everything across the Big Ten with Nate Dickinson. He does a phenomenal job there. And I want to appreciate you all and thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Again, you can tune in every single Monday through Friday. We got a show dropping tomorrow as we are doing a preview of Northwestern. And on Friday, we're breaking down all the top storylines of this game as well. So tune into that. Thank you all for tuning in, though, to this Wednesday morning episode, the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Apologies for my late podcast coughing and struggles there. But again, I appreciate you all. Have a phenomenal Wednesday. And as always, let's go Hawks.